What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Dirt, and I am your host, Jim Barnish. Stoked to have you join me today for another crucial discussion about something that I have personally struggled a ton with, decision-making, specifically gathering buy-in from the team towards making decisions. It's often been really easy for me to make decisions, but so much harder for me to get my team to invest emotionally in decisions. And as business owners and leaders, one of the biggest challenges that, that we come across is making the team like feel like they are part of the decision and that their input contributes to the outcome. The more influence that they feel towards the decision-making process, ultimately, the more invested they will be in the results. And this is compounded when we talk about millennials who are just typically even more motivated than other generations in tying themselves to impact. And so, you know, we must focus on creating buy-in towards making decisions. Broadly speaking, I found that there are three ways to make a decision. Each has different time requirement and creates different levels of buy-in. As is the case with, with most things in life, this solo cast is not about finding the shortcut. There really isn't one. In fact, of the three methods, the one that creates the most buy-in also happens to take the most time. That being said, by learning these three methods, the pros and cons of each, and how to implement them in an effective and efficient manner, you will save a ton of time in the long run. Trust me, I learned the hard way. <laughs> this is a trend you will hear a lot in my solo cast. So spend the strategic time up front and reap the benefits and the results in the long term. So the three methods are, number one, Q&A. You, as the decision maker, make the decision, announce it to the team, and answer any questions. Number two, discussion. You foster a collaborative environment with the team, starting with a straw man that you create, and then a discussion. Or number three, brainstorming. You foster an even more collaborative environment, starting from scratch with team brainstorming. Okay, so method number one, Q&A. It's the simplest and the least collaborative and by announcing this decision to the team, which is the, the means of this method, and then answering questions, the pro is that it takes the least amount of time and you're still involving the team. The con is that it creates minimally viable buy-in, we'll call it, from the team and ignores the benefits from their collective expertise and experience because it's really just gathering Q&A after the fact. Method number two, discussion, is much more collaborative but takes more time. By providing a written straw man to start the conversation, you involve the team, but also it ends up taking more time. In that method, in this method, after creating the straw man, you share it with the team, you invite them to provide feedback, you facilitate a group discussion, and make everyone feel heard by repeating their comments. Then you make a decision. The pros are that this creates much more buy-in than simply the Q&A version and you get some benefit from the collective knowledge on the team. As a con, it does take more time, and you don't get the full benefit of the collective knowledge on the team. Method number three, brainstorming, is the most collaborative with the most benefits, but also happens to take the most time. In this method, you invite the team to meet and discuss the dilemma from scratch with no straw man. You do this by means of a structured brainstorming session, and in brainstorming, the team shares ideas, and you as the decision maker repeat everyone's ideas until they feel heard. 
You then share your thoughts last because as the business owner and leader of the business, your voice is the loudest and most commanding voice in the room. Even those of you who say it's not, it is. You just may not know it. So then you create your straw man and share it with the group for feedback. And once you receive feedback, you then make the decision. It's important to note that this does not mean you are making a decision by consensus, but rather that you are trying to create buy-in by confirming that you heard all ideas from the team, ultimately leading to a decision that you as the decision maker make. The pros are that this creates the most buy-in and gets a ton of benefit from the team's collective knowledge. It also, as you probably guessed, simply takes the most time. Unsurprisingly, the most significant benefits require the most work. And if you want more buy-in and oftentimes a better decision, you need to take more time making the decision. So the question is, what method do you use when? Q&A, discussion, or brainstorming? And the answer really depends on the significance of the decision and the importance of the team's buy-in. For low-impact issues such as what color to paint the office, Q&A is sufficient. For core, super important major decisions uh, that the company faces, such as you know annual goals and planning, brainstorming is the right answer. For everything in between discussion or method two, the middle option is the optimal answer. And this is really where the vast majority of decisions sit. So put a pin in that for a second. All right. When there are issues and proposed solutions, this is an, another important piece that impacts the system. Team members will often want to bring up an issue and discuss it verbally. This step is inefficient because listening takes longer than reading and ineffective. Only forward people speak up and get heard. So instead, require that anyone who presents an issue at a team meeting do so in writing. And the write-up should include both a detailed description of the issue as well as their proposed solution. I also like to include a section on what did I, you know, what I did to create this issue just after the issue description and before a proposed solution, because this makes others not feel blamed and also usually points out a way that can solve the issue or that I can solve the issue on my own by unwinding steps that I took to create it. So the proposer might say, I don't know the answer doesn't matter. Even if they only have 10% confidence in their answer, they should guess that their answer is the right one and they should phrase the proposed solution in very bold and directive terms. Do this like this. This step might seem aggressive, but it creates a starting point, right? And, and that generates a highly productive discussion and quicker decision time, which ultimately is more important than appearing to be humble. So I recommend that the team present all issues and proposed solutions at any weekly team meeting and allow up to five minutes of discussion for each tactical or short-term proposed solution. And as much as 20 minutes for each, for each strategic or long-term proposed solution. If you as the decision maker feel that you have enough context to decide in that time, you then turn the solution into a next action with an owner and a due date. Okay. But if not, do not spend any more time talking about the issue. Instead, turn towards what's called the rapid framework. Well, what is the rapid framework? Well, before answering that question, we must first understand the difference between type one and type two decisions, because this comes back to everything we were talking about earlier. Well, in his 2016 shareholder letter, Jeff Bezos, Mr. Amazon, introduced 
me or us to lightweight distributed decision-making. In other words, type one versus type two decision-making. In what he stated, and I'm going to read this verbatim, some decisions are consequential and irreversible or nearly irreversible one-way doors. And these decisions must be made methodically, carefully, slow, and with great deliberation and consultation. If you walk through and you don't like what you see on the other side, you can't get back to where you were before. And that's why we call them type one decisions. But most decisions are not like that. They are changeable. They are reversible. They are two-way doors. And if you've made a suboptimal type two decision, you don't have to live with the consequences for that long. You can always reopen the door and go back through. Type two decisions can and should be made quickly by high judgment individuals or small groups. And as organizations get larger, as your business gets larger, there seems to be a tendency to use the heavyweight type one decision making process on most decisions, including many type two decisions. So don't run into that trap. The result of this is slowness, uh, unthoughtful risk aversion, failure to experiment sufficiently, and consequently diminished invention. We'll have to figure out how to fight that tendency. All right. So thank you, Jeff Bezos. So as Jeff states, though, each time there is a decision to be made, you must rate it as type one or type two. If type two allows someone else to be the decision maker, not you as the business owner, they will make a faster decision. They will get the chance to exercise their decision making muscle and you will have the opportunity to gain confidence in their ability to make decisions. Well, that is important to note because here's the secret. As I mentioned, most decisions are type two decisions, which makes your life a lot easier if you are delegating these decisions to somebody else. Okay, so now back to rapid decision making to complete the narrative here. Rapid is not a new concept, but it was relatively new to me and maybe new to you. It was first invented by Bain Consulting to make fully informed decisions with buy-in when either a team has become too large to get all the needed voices in one room, or in this case, as we're talking about, a team cannot reach consensus within 20 minutes of discussion. So it's called rapid because R is recommend, A is agree, P is perform, I is input, and D is decide. So rapid, recommend, agree, perform, input, decide. To deploy rapid process, keeping in mind the desire to create buy-in and the understanding of a type one versus type two decision, the first step is that the identifier of an issue or decision writes the following. Number one, the issue. Number two, the proposed solution. And number three, the list of people required to make and implement the decision. So R is recommend, the, one, the one who first proposed the issue and solution. Two is agree, to include colleague whose input is vital to the decision. P is perform, those people who will have to enact any decision and therefore should contribute because they're the ones performing. Input, I, those people whose input is worth considering. And decide, D, the one who will make the decision. So, if type one, this should be the CEO. And if type two, this should be someone other than the CEO. This is important for you, business owners. Listen up. If type one, this should be you. If type two, this should be someone other than you. Okay, so once that's done, create a section on the document for each person to write their comments. The, 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 the R then reaches out to all the A's, P's, and I's to solicit their input. And once this input is received, the document is ready to be reviewed by the D, the decision maker. The R then schedules a decision meeting and invites the D's, A's, I's, and P's. And if the issue is urgent, the R schedules this decision meeting as soon as it needs to be held. 
If the issue is non-urgent, the R can use the next team meeting as the decision meeting. This is obviously more efficient and is best when the issue is not urgent. Okay, at the decision meeting, the D reads through the document and asks any question. If the participants can answer the questions in five minutes, she or he decides. If the team cannot answer in five minutes, she or he asks for another round of written responses on the document to answer the questions. And at the next team meeting, they then review the response and decide. Once the D decides, whether that's type one, meaning you, or type two, meaning someone you've delegated the decision-making ability to, she or he writes up the decision or asks the R to do so, and all the next actions, each with a due date and owner. The D then publishes this decision to the company. So once your company starts to leverage this process, it is helpful to track all the rapids that are in process and collect feedback on how to improve the process. Whether this is through EOS or any other operating methodology, make it part of your system. For each of these, I, I always re recommend a document. Create a sheet to track each rapid, which R&D are responsible for, when the decision meeting will take place, and finally, when the team completes all the next actions. Create a doc for feedback, right? Do's and don'ts, likes and wish that. I like, I wish that on the rapid process. And after each decision meeting, ask the participants to write their feedback until the process is working smoothly. And so, through a lot of you. So I'm going to tell you one more time. Here is the ideal path towards creating buy-in from the team around decisions. Number one, determine whether this is a type one or a type two decision. If type one, you are the decision maker. If type two, determine someone else as the decision maker. The decision maker then determines the significance of the decision and the importance of the team's buy-in. The decision maker then deploys Q&A discussion or brainstorming method based on these factors. Reminder that most decisions require the discussion method, the middle method. Method two, if you will. If a consensus is not reached in 20 minutes, deploy rapid, rinse, and repeat. Okay, I really hope that you enjoyed today's discussion. I know there's a lot, <laughs> uh, but it's all about decision-making, particularly on how to make them and get buy-in from the team. If you did enjoy it, please share this episode with other founders or business owners who could benefit from these insights. And let me know if there are any growth obstacles you would like me to talk about in future solo casts. On LinkedIn, search for Jim Barnish or simply type in the words, Grow smart, grow fast, and I'll come up as the first result. Let's connect, and I'm happy to do whatever it is to connect you with the right people. Till next time, thank you for joining me on The Dirt. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of The Dirt. I want to invite you to listen to our other episodes where every week I am interviewing business leaders who are crushing it in their field and finding out exactly what makes them successful. We will see you next time on The Dirt.